Hello, and welcome to Fort Wayne Ballet's Kinetic Conversations. I'm Jim Sparrow. Our guest today is Charthel Arthur Esner, who is working with Fort Wayne Ballet for the fall show. Charthel began her dance training in Pasadena, California. She also had one year of classes with Bronislava Najinska, and after graduating from high school with honors, she went to New York and was given a full scholarship to the Joffrey Ballet School. Soon, she was offered an apprenticeship to the Joffrey Ballet, and three months later, she became a full company member. Miss Arthur performed with the Joffrey Ballet for 13 years as a principal dancer. She performed throughout the United States, Russia, Canada, and also in London and Vienna, and performed twice at the White House. Charthel, welcome to Fort Wayne Ballet's Kinetic Conversations. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. You are helping set a piece for the Gerald Arpino Foundation on the professional company here for our season opener September 28th and 29th at the Arch United Center. Can you tell us a little bit about the piece? Yes, it's a piece by Robert Joffrey, who didn't choreograph a lot of ballets, so in itself is very special. It's called Pata Diaz. He created it in 1954, but Pata Diaz is, in English means the dance of the goddesses. And his inspiration was from a Jules Bouvier lithograph from 1846. And in this lithograph were the most famous dancers of the day, three ballerinas and a male dancer, and very, very well known in the dance world of that time. This lithograph is the opening pose of the ballet. And typical to Mr. Joffrey, it is very difficult. It is very stylized, and each of the dancers has to portray the character of the person from history. And it's been a very enjoyable experience with Fort Wayne Ballet because Mr. Jarvis' ballets, of course, are very, very special since there's so few of them. I danced the ballet myself the 13 years I was with the Joffrey Ballet, and it's been wonderful to see the dancers just attack this ballet and just little by little coming up and up and up and creating the characters through this romantic style. And the the music is John Field, also from the 1840s, and uh, I think it just shows off how Karen puts a performance together that is so diverse. It's three ballets that are very diverse and very different. So you had mentioned that um, there are not a lot of uh, Robert Joffrey ballets. Why do you think that is? Well, Mr. Joffrey foremost was, of course, the artistic director and started the Joffrey Ballet. And I think a lot of his energies went toward the company. He loved teaching, but didn't get to do it as much as his company grew. But I think being the artistic director and being involved with fundraising and you know the, the 40, 45 dancers in the company... It took time away from his creative juices. And knowing that and knowing a little bit from having worked with him, do you feel like his passion would have been to be in the classroom more? Was he really sort of the brainchild behind the ballet? And really, since it's his baby, he really enjoyed the other part. Uh, I think he liked both. I mean, he loved teaching and his classes were wonderful. He was a wonderful teacher. And he knew from age 11, he wanted his own ballet company. And he worked toward that. He had seen the green table a long time ago and and uh, finally, he brought that into the Joffrey Ballet repertoire. And he did choreograph, you know, uh, Star Day, and then Pas de Dez was one of his first ballets. So he did choreograph, but not like Gerald Arpino, who is, of course, you're presenting his Light Rain as the third part of the program. So how did you like working with him? You mentioned he was a great teacher. How did you like working with him as a dancer? Oh, I loved it. At first, of course, coming into the Joffrey Ballet, I was new to New York, and I was only 17, 18 years old, and so I was scared to death of him. (laughs) (laughs) And he was very much like a father figure, like someone you really looked up to. And uh, you just tried your hardest, you know, to do exactly what he wanted. And I think that's why I like the dancers here so much, too, because they have a lot of soul, and they try their hardest to do what I ask them. 
Gerald Pino, who choreographed, of course, Light Rain, was entirely different than Mr. Joffrey. Okay. Their passion for dance was exactly the same. They loved dance. But where Joffrey was very specific and you did exactly what he wanted in the ballet, Arpino wanted you to move in a very different way, a very much more contemporary way, of which, of course, the audience will see in Light Rain, certainly a juxtaposed to Pata de Es. And so the two were very different as choreographers. So you had alluded to uh, Mr. Arpino uh, as well. And as you said, there are two other works on this program besides the piece you're working on. So talk a little bit about maybe Mr. Arpino, Mr. Joffrey's relationship. Obviously, there was a bit of a complementary element, and you said they had the same passion, but they were different people. Yeah, very different people. Um, Mr. Joffrey, of course, was the artistic director. And um, we see, that was the thing, too. We always called Mr. Joffrey, Mr. Joffrey, I, to this day. But we always called Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's just that difference in dynamics. But Jerry was associate director and resident choreographer all the time I danced in the company. And then, of course, with Mr. Joffrey's passing in 1988, Gerald Arpino became the artistic director of the company. They really worked wonderfully together, very different as people and as choreographers, but uh, they, but they complemented each other. And it was wonderful in the Joffrey Ballet to have that, those two different dynamics. So as you're working as a repetitor around the country, you had alluded to um, working with our dancers here. Uh, talk a little bit about what it's like working with our dancers here in Fort Wayne as maybe opposed to some other places you've been working. Uh, absolutely. I, you know, I knew how hard the ballet was because I had danced in it myself. So I was a little, you know, at first skeptical, but to other repetitors who teach ballets that are in the foundation um, repository, they said they absolutely felt that Fort Wayne Ballet could do Pas de Deus very well. So I said, all right. And I came and I was very, very pleased because the foundation does license the Joffrey and the Arpino repertoire to fully professional large companies such as Joffrey Ballet or to some organizations that are smaller and some universities. So I was very, very curious to see how the dancers would immerse themselves in Patadez. And as I said, they have done a wonderful job. You know, they still have more to do. Oh, sure. <laughs> you can always make it better, right? Absolutely. So Paradeas, as you mentioned, is a Robert Joffrey work, and many people would consider it a contemporary work, but it's a 20th century work, and we're continuing to evolve and continuing to grow. Why do you think that programs like the one we're doing this fall are not only important, but interesting for people? What is it about this that makes you, you, you should come? Uh, I think it's like going to a smorgasbord. You pick out this and you pick out this and you pick out this at your smorgasbord. And what we call in the business a repertoire program, because it's not a full length like the Nutcracker or Swan Lake, uh, it, it's a very diverse program. And this one certainly is diverse with Bolero and Light Rain and Patadez. And I think it gives the audience a very diverse feeling of what can be accomplished in dance. You know, because dance is first and foremost, you know, beautiful and you want to entertain your audience, but you want to educate your audience. You want them to see the ballets emotionally. So there's a lot of different levels. And I think the repertoire programs do accomplish that. Certainly this one does. Sure. <laughs> and you had also mentioned when we've been offline, the wide range of experiences that a particular contemporary piece might have. And sort of, as you mentioned as well, with Karen's programming being diverse. But talk a little bit about what they'll be seeing as opposed to what they think they'll be seeing. Sometimes people think of contemporary as shock value. And when you look at this particular program, I think it's, as you mentioned, well-balanced and something that everyone would enjoy. But they may not be prepared for what a contemporary repertory program might look like. Correct, because people tend to move toward the names that they know, the Nutcracker, Swan Lake, Cinderella, which 
not taking anything away from them. They're, they're absolutely marvelous ballets. But here we have music by John Field, of course, Ravel, and then the composers of uh, Light Rain are very contemporary. So it's a real step-by-step progression in the music. I think everyone would say who came last year, and we're doing a repeat of the Arpino uh, Light Rain, which uh, I think took a lot of people by surprise. And I remember being at that performance last year, and people basically, it was like a rock concert standing up in terms of the way they responded to that. And that's great to see in any of the performing arts, to see people really engage in that. And I think that's why Karen decided to try to repeat it. But when you look at the contemporary pieces compared to those traditional repertoire pieces that you're mentioning, one of the advantages of having a Swan Lake is even with the expense, it gets done often. A lot of these other pieces that are more contemporary in the eyes of many don't get as many opportunities to be seen or to be rediscovered. Why do you think that is? I think because the audience shies away, like we talked about. You know, the the names are different. If you know a product, that's what advertising is, right? You know a product, you're likely to buy it. And I think the audience shouldn't prejudge and say, well, I don't know, Potidea's, what is that? I can assure them that's very different from Light Rain, but that's the whole point of the repertoire program. And Light Rain has always been a huge audience pleaser. Just along the years, it's just, it's so energetic and so mm, sensual, you know, it, it is very sensual. And then Paradeas is almost like a cameo, like you think of the Victorian era. But that's the whole point is that you have a short ballet, each one being approximately 20, 25 minutes and you experience this mood, this feeling, these characters, and then you progress to the Ravel, and then you progress to the contemporary. On po- It's on point, so it's not, I wouldn't say jazzy, but it's a very contemporary ballet. Well, Charthel, thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. The season opener for Fort Wayne Ballet is September 28th and 29th at the Arch United Center. You can purchase tickets by visiting the Fort Wayne Ballet website or Arts Ticks. That's our show. Our guest today was Charthel Arthur Esner. It was a pleasure having her here, and this was brought to you by Fort Wayne Ballet with the support of University of St. Francis. My co-producers are Madison Cafaro and John Dawkins. And to learn more about the ballet and hear our podcasts, please visit us at fortwayneballet.org. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow, and thank you for listening to Kinetic Conversations with Fort Wayne Ballet.